Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft, and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app, streaming live on MyNorthwest.com. Don't forget about the venerable TheOutdoorLine.com with blogs, podcasts, and so very, very much more. Coming at you this morning from the number three RiversMarine.com studios. Good morning, Joey Piper. Good morning. Matt Nelson running the board there this morning for us as well. And uh, anybody that leaves Western Washington in July needs to have a full psychological yeah, breakdown done. That's a crazy person. Oh, my goodness, dude. So much fun. I mean, fresh crab, 4th of July. Did everybody get their crab, by the way? Did everybody get crab? The crabbing yeah. is pretty good. It's dude. solid, dude. I mean, yeah, and, they, and big. They're huge. <laughs> so Joey's, I mean, and, and, and the social media post, Joey's got the crabs. Joey's got the crabs <laughs> yesterday. And, and the, I mean, good ones, dude. Yeah. Yeah, meaty. Yeah, like you don't have you only have to crack like a crab and a half, and you're going to feed three people, well, and they'll be leftovers. Yeah, unless there's a Polynesian in the mix. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I'm talking normal, normal folks. people, normal no pacos. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So uh, it's it's been a kick in the pants. Uh, you know, the word up and down the coast is just Chinook, 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 Chinook. The Straits are awash in Chinook. The coast is awash in Chinook. You know. Um, and talking to Dave Johnson yesterday, he's going to, you know, has been up at Nia Bay. Nia Bay fishery was paused since they got 65% of their quota in, in 14 only, days. only 14 days. Um, it only took four days for Nia, for, excuse me, for CQ to pop into like the 30 percentile of theirs. So CQ right now is on every other day's schedule. Area 6 is, is running as per normal. But I'd be absolutely lying to you if, if I'm not just, I just can't wait, can't wait. For Thursday and the Marine Area Seven and Nine opener, Joe Pyburn. Yes, yeah, me too. I mean, from what we're seeing in eleven, um, all all up and down the coast, you're just hearing of there's weird stuff going on. Like guys are like, <laughs> yeah, I was guys I are was, catching big chinook. They're <laughs> like, there were just big chinook porpoising around my boat, and whatever I threw in there, they would just eat it. So I I think uh, all indications are Area Nine and Seven are going to be loaded with yeah. Chinook. And so this year, the, the management strategy is, is somewhat different. It's going to be a series of three-day openers, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, in, in both nine and ten, nine and seven. Area 10 is going to run you know, seven days a week, but uh, it, it's going to give uh, WDFW a chance to assess the numbers. Well, we don't bit. want what happened last year to happen, right, in Area 7, where we apparently overfished the quota no, we, in seven we, days. I, well, listen, that's right, what they told us. Right. We don't want something like that. We don't want to give them yeah, the, we couldn't, the chance uh, in, to in, do in, something like that. We want to be able to access those in, coho up there in, in a humpy August year. In a humpy year, WDFW shut down Area 7. We got seven days while there was three months of, of commercial netting going Did on. Did the suicide rate go up, oh, up there? Dude, it, it's just... And, and so it, it becomes it's becoming more and more apparent to me that the WDFW's management strategy is just untethered from abundance. That uh, you know, increasing abundance is not relating or, or correlating with increased recreational opportunity whatsoever. Right now, it's obvious that they under forecast the this run, and 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 understandably so. 
because you know forecasting agencies always tend to under forecast rebounding runs and over forecast declining runs. But in in a situation like this where you know we've got a bunch of Chinook everywhere and no way to perform an in-season update to give us a little bit more opportunity is ridiculous. And then you couple that with um, today's opener on Baker Lake. Okay, go ahead, guys. Go go fish on Baker Lake. Go get them. Guess how many guess how many fish are in Baker Lake? According to WDFW's website last night, and I haven't looked this morning, one. One sockeye has been transferred to Baker Lake, and there's been three weeks or a month of, of, of netting. Okay. So this is this is an equal opportunity. The the the, the, the problem is right now we have, you know, we, we've got a, a we've got state management that is unfairly prioritizing commercial interests over the recreational interests. And there's just no other, no way to sugarcoat that. Another case in point, um, we had a bunch of friends, one of them on the boat yesterday, Robbie Tobeck, that ran out of Ilwaco last weekend for one of, one of our halibut days and ran into the, everything was laced up outside the mouth of Columbia with, with, with long, long line fishery. Yeah, yeah. So a long commercial long line fishery on a recreational halibut day. Now, okay. Now you, you, you contrast that with, on the Skagit, the, the river itself is closed, so the net fishery can take place. So it's okay to close recreational fishery while a commercial fishery is going on, but we're not going to close down a commercial opportunity when a recreational fishery is going on. Yeah. So, you know, um, WDFW has some explaining to do, Lucy. And, and, I uh, want to know, what, what are they going to do with all these Chinook that plug up the river? And that's a I fair mean, question. And, and there has to be, like... They have to be able to manage how many fish get back to the gravel, right? right. I mean, we there could is. end up with so many fish right. getting back. What what happens then? Right. You know, that's not that's not good for the system. That's not good for the river. You know, you got to have room for those fish to spawn. I mean, you get too many of them up there. Well, and- the whole thing, you know, and and later on, maybe maybe even next week, we're going to talk about a study that just came out about hatchery and wild interactions and how it's not as significant as previously thought and managed to, right? Fish beget fish, dude. It's mm-hmm. good to have a bunch of fish in that river. And and if you, you're not really going to have an overspawning situation, you know, with Chinook. But so but we'll just let's put a pin in that. We can come we can come back to that later. And I'm not going to make this show a WDFW bash show. In fact, we're having uh, uh Dr. Dr. Danny Garrett, Dr. 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 Um WDFW is running a bass week and and Danny, we've had him in the studio before. Just, I, I have so much respect for this guy and what he does and his knowledge base and everything. And he's he's WDFW's warm water bio. He's now transferred <laughs> out of Western Washington. Gee, I can't imagine why. Yeah, and 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 it's situated over in Spokane. So Danny's Danny's going to give you kind of the lowdown on on some you know bass history and biology and and what um, what WDFW's doing with regard to their bass week promotion. Robbo's going to jump in uh, in actually next segment, and we we haven't talked to Robbo now in a couple weeks. All of a sudden, you know. And and so it's always always good to catch up with Robbo. Interesting year in Southeast. Typically, we see sh- large Chinook abundances, which which we've been talking about all year, will manifest themselves in increased catch rates in Southeast Alaska. Not didn't, didn't happen not this, this year, year, dude. And and I saw in my month in Sitka, and I haven't been up there for a month now, so I really don't know what's you know what's going on. It's not like being there every day for a month. I mean, I would I, if I was off the water for a morning, I felt kind of lost because you kind of didn't know what was going on, but. We saw fish in places that indicate kind of a highway program. And when I say highway, first, first, my first awareness of this term was fishing out of Nootka and going out of uh, 
out of Nootka, like on the 50 or 60 fathom line and just trolling in the middle of the freaking ocean, you know, and going north, right? And then you come back down Esperanza, right? And then back down. So, you you know, you make this big loop, right? Mm -hmm. And so then uh, we we started kind of using some of those same fundamentals up in Sitka. And this year, it saved a few days for us and and some decent fish. But it's, it's so weird. It's not my preferred way of doing business because you're out like i there's said no three, no, there's you're no structure no there's no structure yeah you're just running gear well, you're doing kind of similar to what guys are doing like in westport you're yeah running out to yep. 300 feet of water right. and you're just trolling getting gear right down. yeah for sure i've done it too up there uh, out in Nootka with my uncle ron and it's the first time i i'm right. like where well the highway well, what are you talking about let's yeah. stay in here where the rocks and <laughs> no, the kelp and, and the bait is but no sometimes those fish just they're, they're so, out on the highway yeah cruising. and and so this year you know this big bunch of fish just kind of didn't hit southeast it's it's weird Be, because you know but there's a bunch of coho and a bunch of other stuff to do and robo's been doing some wonderful stuff with salmon for soldiers guests this week too so he's gonna he's gonna talk to us about that then we get to introduce our new uh our new premier title sponsor and reinhold shook who's a category manager for threeriversmarine.com, is, is going to jump in studio and kind of talk. We, we just forged a partnership with, with Three Rivers Marine. It's been a long time coming. I've known David Lee for you know, 25 years, fished with him, you know, all over the place. And, and, and so we're, we're now working together, which, you know, with our Duckworth, Raymarine, Yamaha background, is just, it's a, just a natural partnership. So I'm really looking forward to that because there's, you know, working together, we can, we, we can do a few things on the fish advocacy front too. Yes. Dave's always been involved in fundraisers. I've hosted fundraisers at Three Rivers, but but now it's uh, you know, and Reinhold and I have uh, have been fishing a few times, and of course we we work with them at the Seattle Boat Show too. So I'm looking forward to that. And then Austin Mosier, dude, the numbers going up the Columbia right now of sockeye. So the preseason forecast was shy of two hundred thousand. Yep, one hundred ninety-eight thousand. And as of as we're of, at five hundred and fifty-three thousand. That's right now. That's a monument. Yeah, five fifty three, five hundred fifty three thousand sockeye have gone. Just over a couple of days ago, okay. Again, twenty thousand went the, over Bonneville. The ten year average is two two hundred seventy thousand. That's that's monumental. That's that's as big a statement as you can make for oceanic productivity as there is right there. We're that's seeing a, more steelhead, more sockeye, yeah. more coho, more chinook. Yeah. Everything is doing really well. Mm-hmm. And and isn't it curious? That this cool ocean out front is keeping the tuna down south. Hmm. <laughs> Tobex just, we, yeah. Tobex we, just there grinding was, his There was teeth, tuna man. talk on the boat. Oh, there was yesterday. Yeah. He's like, they're, they're out there. They're out, they're they're out, out there. We're just going to get like, this water. How, how far? How far? How far? Well, well, they're out there. Okay. So do the math, dude. If you're, if you're going to if you're gonna make a 50-mile run, okay, unfortunately, you've got to run 50 miles back, okay? 100 miles on the ocean, and, and now gas is twice what it was last year. Not a lot of people beating down the door to go be the first one to go load up. To make the report. Yeah. So I'm going to wait till they're just right offshore. I, I don't know. And, and I'm, I don't mean to dampen anybody's enthusiasm for what they love to do. And I love to go tuna fishing too. But given this current La Nina Ocean temperature regime, I doubt that we're going to see sea surface temperatures that are going to bring them very close to Westport. El Waco could be a totally different deal, mm-hmm. right? And, and running out of Ilwaco, and that's kind of where, where you know, a lot of our friends are staging their ops these days, and, and I don't blame them. I mean, Ilwaco, there's just, you know, you can fish inside the river, do a whole bunch yeah. of stuff, and it's just a Perfect. Lot, ton can, of fun. You can crab so, down there year-round, yeah. you can go catch tuna, you can catch bottom fish, you can fish the river, catch salmon, you can fish the, you know, out in front of Ilwaco. Tons of good stuff to do down there. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. All right. We have a ton to talk about. Stay with us. we got all the oceanic catch numbers from Ilwaco, Westport, which opened last weekend, to... 
to La Push and Nia Bay and wrapping around CQ and everything. So we're going to run you through those and a whole bunch of other stuff. So, But we're going to pop out here for a quick break, come back at you with our dear friend Rob Owensley coming at us live and on location from scenic Craig, Alaska this morning right here coming out of the threeriversmarine.com studios. This is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station, Seattle Sports app coming at you from the number three riversmarine.com studio. Reaching up to southeast Alaska, none other than our long-lost buddy, Captain Krusty, Robbo Ensley. Good morning. Good morning. Robissimo. Uh, uh, Captain Krusty here. How you doing? It's been a while since I've heard your, your beautiful voices. Mm-hmm. You sound good, though. I've been listening to the last 10 minutes of the show, and, and uh, sounds good. Man, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on down here, Rob. Fishing's good. The That's crabbing's good. Yeah, before uh, before I jumped on here, I was looking at those sockeye numbers. I heard you guys Holy talk about cow. the sockeye deal there, and, and uh, you know the the initial forecast there was one hundred ninety eight thousand sockeye going up to Columbia, and it's broke half a million and more coming. And uh, wow, yeah, super cool. Uh, and I know some folks that have been uh, enjoying that fishery on the Upper Columbia and just whacking limit limit after limit after limit of, of those tasty sockeye uh, down there. So super cool. Uh, and great news. You so, were blessed, yeah. absolutely blessed, with the opportunity to bring some Salmon for Soldiers peeps up this week and posted some oh, yeah. pictures of some wounded yeah. vets. That t- Tell mm-hmm. us tell us about that experience, dude, because these guys, they've yeah, never seen Alaska before. Sure. Come on. Yeah, it's the highlight of our summer. Uh, we've been lucky enough to take these Salmon Soldiers groups for, gosh, I don't even know, maybe 10 years now. And every year it just gets better and better. And, and uh, this year, uh, more wounded vets came up. They've been here the last three days. In fact, they're going to leave here this morning. Um, but we just had a wonderful three days with them. You know, they got to experience our schizophrenic fishing up here this summer. Um, but along the way, uh, the last three days, we had some great stuff. I mean, one of the guys got a, a massive link cod. We had trophy halibut, uh, some, some great king salmon fishing and some tough king salmon fishing. We had limits of silvers in between. Um, just a great time with these folks. And I had Jose Martinez on the boat, triple amputee. Um, just a wonderful guy. You know, you get out of bed sometimes you're like, man, man, it's going to be a rough day. You know, you know, God, I got, I got it rough. And then take a look at Jose, you know, um, one arm, great attitude. mm -hmm. Uh, uh, you know, he's, he's one of the top surfers in the world, um, in the amputee division. I mean, the guy is an animal. Um, served in, in, in some heavy combat over in the desert. Uh, most of these guys have. Uh, we also had a Vietnam vet here in these last three days. And of course, we got to we got to, you know, listen to their stories and, and hear about their lives and some of the stuff they experienced. And uh, really gives you a pause and, and makes you really uh, cherish the freedoms that we have because of these people that have fought for our freedoms. So super cool three days. Um, but really, being with Jose on the boat was just incredible. Uh, Tim Cowan was here to help him and did a wonderful job, uh, you know, working with Jose and, and, uh, and getting the, you know, in particular, we'd hook a fish and then you had to get the rod from the holder into, he had his own little holder, you know, like a, like a harness on the front of him. He had to get the rod into it and he would crank the fish in and he, he hooked a King Sam yesterday that was grumpy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. This thing went ballistic. It, It took, I don't even know how much line it took. It ran off maybe a couple hundred yards of line. Um, one of those ones, it was like, holy crap. And it, initially I thought, man, this could be the one, I could you know, just, these guys all get derby tickets. 
um, I thought, man, this could be a derby fish, you know. It turned out to be a, a, a great uh, king salmon, of course, and they're all good, but um, just a great battle. We put him on the cooler, in the, you know, right on my Yeti cooler in the center of the boat, and, and uh, he fought that thing in like a stud. Uh, we got it in and, and uh, celebrated big time in the middle of everybody. I could so, just see you as soon as, as soon as it started ripping out line. Everybody get your gear up. And you had that you had oh, that sure. you had that kicker work and you know to, to, to get oh, yeah. get over on top of that fish. How has how has yeah. the, uh, the 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 pinniped trauma been this summer? Because we we personally Kathy and I and, and and the kids got on one you know last Sunday night that that got taken by a by a harbor seal and that's one thing. Harbor seals are one thing, but you guys get stellars up the, there, the big boys. Oh, so, we get stellar. Yeah, we get stellars up here. Um, although. Uh, the meat eater killer whales were through here about Ooh. a week ago. I didn't see them, but apparently they raided one of the local uh, haulouts for the sea lions. Oh, and, uh, oh uh, that's yeah. But, um, they've been bad. I mean, we we have a, a lot of stellar sea lions here, but I've been avoiding those places. Um, of course, now that I say that, I'll probably get yeah, stellar. You know, There'll be one on your yeah, boat yeah, when you just, get down there today. Listening oh, to the yeah, show. But, oh yeah, you want to avoid I'm me? In, Here I am. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, a couple of the spots are, you know, they're in there pretty bad. One of the places, Pineapple Rock, um, pretty notorious. I mean, it's a great king salmon spot, one of the best on the whole coast. But, yeah, the Stellars know it, so they hang out there kind of waiting, you know, lurking in the over in the in the weeds waiting for you to hook up. But I've been avoiding some of those places and kind of doing my own thing. So since you um, said king, and, since you said king salmon, you you said it first. Yeah. I didn't. You did. Okay. Since you said it, this is this has been a year that you've characterized as consistently inconsistent. It's it's yeah. with with yeah. typically when we see abundances down here, like we're seeing it, it we see them first in southeast, and we really didn't. No, no, we think they might have skipped on by here, and Sitka too. Yeah, for sure. Because they hit the Vancouver Island coastline pretty hard. Uh, they're they're enjoying some great fishing down there, and and we got great fishing up here. But it is not easy. I mean, we are working our fannies off for any king salmon you catch right now. And it's it's kind of been like that the whole season. Uh, and Sitka too, I know, just north of us, and and, and the Queen Charlotte too, for that matter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this northern coast has been a, a little rough on the king salmon front. Um. But, yeah, I, th- I think they kind of just bounced on by, and I think they slammed into the Vancouver Island coastline. And of course, Washington, it's no secret there's quite a few fish down there. But um, there has been some big fish here lately. I mean, uh, the guys, one of the, uh, the captains over at Steamboat Lodge netted a 58-pounder a few days ago here. Uh, there was, you know, several in the 40s caught. Two days ago, there was some fish in the 40s caught uh, out off the, the coast of Noise Island. Is this? Is, uh, but again, you know, you go back the next day and they're gone. Is this typically you know, when those have, bigger fish are around? Like this it time, is July. Yeah. Yep, yeah, yep. The second week of July, first second week of July, they come in and they kind of hang here until yeah, you know, first second week of August. Um, Northern BC fish, you know, some of those big mm. North Coast fish are coming through now. Um, and so we ground on those all day yesterday. I told the guys like, let's just sit here and see if we can't pop one of those big ones. Um, but they kind of moved through. It's kind of been a daily deal. You know, you show up one day late and they're gone. Uh, we even had a massive coho push in a few days ago, like full screenshots. We're in 140 feet of water and top to bottom loaded with coho limits, you know, and then you go back next day, they're gone and they're off wherever they're headed to, you know, um, but along the way, um, anything can happen here in Southeast. I mean, like that 58 pounder, any king you hook yep. this time of year yep. could be just an absolute pig. And, um, we've got a great derby here in Craig, Klawak, um, every year. And it usually takes a 50 to 60 plus pounder to win that derby. And, and I'm sure this year will be no different. So, uh, yeah, 
lot of fun to be had here. Yeah, no doubt, buddy. All right. Well, you, uh, you're, you're, you're almost at the halfway point, dude. You're, and, and we're, we're kind of hoping that you can make the Salmon for Soldiers Day of Honor this year. We know you got you got a caribou hunt first part of uh, September, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, I'm scheduled to fly into Seattle, oh, God, like late afternoon on uh, the day before Salmon for Soldiers. Salmon for Soldiers is September 17th. True. Uh, tons of vets and boats signed up for that. I think they got 70, 80 boats signed up for it. It's just going to be epic, especially with the way the salmon fishing is unfolding yeah. in Puget Sound. Um, I think it's just going to be awesome. Uh, but yeah, I fly in really late in the day on the 16th and I'm just, I'm just, I got my fingers crossed cool. I can be there because it's, it's just a great event. Well, we're, they do such a great job. We're doing so. the show live and on location from the Port of Everett that day. And, uh, we're, we're not exactly sure where we're going to set up, but we'll let you know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely oh, let sure. you know. Yeah. I'm and, sure and, we'll talk. And, and incidentally, we, we can use some more skippers. For uh, Salmon for Soldiers and for next weekend's Dog Derby, we'll be talking about that a little bit later in the show as well. But uh, get a hold of uh, get a hold of our friend uh, Randy Shelton, SalmonForSoldiers.com is a website there for the annual Day of Honor at the Port of Everett. Rob Ensley, thanks for all you do, man. It's a wonderful day having those vets on your boat, man. And it's, and if you've never done Salmon for Soldiers before, you get a little bit of that feeling. It's a single, oh, it's a, it's most a life-changing, uplifting deal. fishing event you will ever attend in your whole life. These are people that have fought and and sacrificed for the freedoms that we enjoy. And this is one opportunity to say, in Randy Sheldon's words, thank you and welcome home. So, Rob Ensley, keep in touch, buddy, and good luck, man. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Have a great rest of the show and a great weekend. All right, brother. You too, Talk buddy. To you soon. See ya. Popping out for a quick break. Coming back on the other side with Dr. Danny. Danny Bass Garrett. Week. Bass Week. Here it comes. Bass Week. Here it comes. Danny Garrett. WDFW's uh, bio in the eastern part of the state for those slimy little ditch pickles. Coming, <laughs> coming at you next here in the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the BOMAC Tech Line. BOMAC has all the gear for all your techniques, and SMI shellfish gear is simply the best. BOMAC, we catch big fish. Welcome to the Tech Line here in the Outdoor Line, coming at you live this morning from the threeoversmarine.com studios. Go log on to mywdfw.com slash bassweek, and here to tell us all about that is Dr. Danny himself. Danny Garrett, welcome to the show, Dan. How you been, man? Morning, Danny. Hey, guys. I've been great. Uh, nothing gets me more excited uh, for fishing than listening to you guys, so I appreciate you making time for me this morning. <laughs> Nobody ever got skunked listening to the outdoor line. We catch them every week, dude, for <laughs> sure. So, so all right. So, so tell us about what. why are you doing Bass Week? What, what's the deal? Well, uh, we started it back in 2018, you know, and, uh, you know, we're having more anglers age out and fewer anglers take up fishing. So we're always looking to recruit new anglers. And, and you know, uh, bass fishing is second to trout in terms of its economic contribution to the state, you know, and that's largely because they're well distributed, uh, you know, in hundreds of lakes across the state. And also it's something that shoreline anglers can participate and, um, you know, throughout the year as well. People catch these through the ice. They catch them in the spring, summer, fall. So it's just a, you know, a lot of opportunity throughout the year. And uh, we take uh, time every summer to, to st- you know, set out a week uh, to get into tips and tricks on how to catch them. And then, you know, we have some top 10 bass lakes by region uh, that we'll be uh, talking about next week as well. So, um, yeah, just kind of trying to get the word out, um, to, especially new residents of the state of Washington that moved from the Midwest and grew up fishing for these things. Just want to let them know, uh, you know, where they can uh, get after bass. And this year, excuse me, this year has been a unique set of challenges for bass anglers because I'm not sure we had a spring. We kind of we kind of went from winter to summer, right? And and so when that happens and you get a lot of sky cover, we don't get the typical warm up that we've had. 
we've had a delay in the rise of water temperatures, and did that translate in into a delay of the spawn? And and tell us about the importance of these life phases of bass and how they change your techniques, Danny Garrett. No, that's a, that's a great point. You know, I, I start fishing in April. Usually I fish the potholes open every year with my dad, and, and that's an early spring deal when those fish are just starting to creep up uh, on warm days into shallower water, and it's a great time to target bass to pre-spawn. But this year's been so weird. You know, normally they're spawning late May, early June. Um, gosh, uh, in a lot of lakes, they didn't even start making beds and, and spawning till mid-June, and they didn't finish up till the end of June. Um, so it was a really long pre-spawn period. Uh, it made for some great fishing, and I know excellent fishing throughout the spawn, and now we're into post-spawn, and those fish are starting to feed again. Um, you know, the only concern I have, I guess, as a biologist is it's a short growing season for those juvenile bass to make it through the winter. So we'll see in the next couple of years how this plays out in terms of the populations. But um, it's been great fishing. Uh, you know, a lot of times you move into summer real fast. It gets hot. It gets tough. Uh, but uh, April, May, and June have just been fantastic uh, across the state for bass fishing. Yeah. Well, one cool thing about bass, like you mentioned, Danny, is you know you can catch these things in spring, summer, fall, right into winter time. And where we're, you know, a lot of us guys who are kind of salmon centric, we we're kind of stuck to our our little seasons where you can buy a bass boat, you can pretty much fish all year long somewhere, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and I, I, actually, I couldn't be more excited about the half a million sockeye coming up to Columbia, and I'm excited to go over to Area 9 uh, for the opener and try to mooch up a Chinook out of my quasi-bass hybrid <laughs> saltwater boat that I have. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, that's that's the thing. is When other things aren't going on, bass is. And, and uh, you know, the summer gets tough, but it's also, if you can get up at 4 a.m., you can get an amazing topwater bite on frogs across the surface of the lily pads and then switch to, like, a, a te- Texas rig soft plastic or a Senko or other type of worm uh, as they move, you know, out into the, the shade uh, in the middle of the day. But um, we get into the fall, and it's almost like the spring all over again. Those water temps cool down. The bass become more active. They're feeding in the shallows. And, and uh, you know, fall, I get into hunting as well. It's hard to do everything, right? But uh, fall is a fabulous time to be chasing uh, bass and, and, of course, walleye as well, you know. All right, so so what content are are you going to be popping out on the uh, on on mywdfw.com slash bass week this week, Danny Garrett? Yeah, so um, you know I want to tell people we have this uh, we put a lot of stuff on Medium, which is an app, but it's also on our website wdfw.medium.com, and there'll be some blog uh, content, great articles. You know, we talk a lot about salmon and other fisheries as well on there. Uh, just some great uh, written content. Um, but be following our Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, I've created a, a few videos the last couple of years that we'll be putting out there on, you know, rigging, uh, uh, buying and rigging bass tackle for beginners. Um, you know, so, uh, a blog that we have on shoreline fishing and some tips for shoreline anglers. Um, and, uh, and then on Tuesday, I'm going to be doing a live event at 8 a.m. It'll be on Facebook. Uh, I'll be out on Newman Lake fishing and answering questions from about 8 till 9 a.m. on Tuesday. Um, so make sure to tune into that. Um, and we'll be plugging other things like we've got a bass battle tournament in August that's uh, two weeks where we're going to be tagging bass in Newman Lake and then running this mobile app-based tournament with Anglers Atlas. Um, and we're hoping to actually generate a population estimate at the same time that people are, huh, are catching fish and, and winning prizes. So, yeah, it should be really cool. So you can quantify that and, and actually do some, some biometrics electronically and remotely like that. That's fascinating. 
Yeah, they have a computer model, and if we tag the fish and enough of these tags are caught throughout the tournament, they can generate a population estimate that gets uh, tighter and tighter and, and more precise as the as the tournament goes on. They've been doing this in other states as well, and they want to do a pilot here in, in Washington because we have the American Fisheries Society uh, conference here in Spokane in August, so it's kind of good timing. There's a ton of information on the website, too. I was kind of reading through some of the stuff this morning before I came into the station. The top 10 bass lakes by region, which that's pretty cool information. I think Lake Bosworth, I think the state record came out of Lake Bosworth, right right in my neck of the woods. Um, I like the bass jargon. <laughs> so, but, but there's, there's something missing here. Um, if, you're, if you're a new bass fisherman and you don't know exactly what to call a bass, you get a big one. You know, you don't just call it a big one. It's a hog, a pig, a toad, a bruiser, a lunker, a stud, a wall hanger, a hogzilla, a big mama. But what about ditch pickle? I want ditch pickle. Yeah, on come there. on, ditch pickle needs to be on there, dude. That's come my on. favorite. It is. It, it. You know, some people consider that derogatory, but it's really quite descriptive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, jar- the jargon thing. I actually pushed back a little bit because I was like, uh, I, I don't know, I couldn't, couldn't couldn't decide if we, we should be getting into the culture of bass fishing, but the truth is it's a lot of fun. There's yeah. a lot of oh, birds dude. out there. Heck You're yeah. right. Ditch pickle is used across social media <laughs> uh, by even bass anglers in Washington. I, and so uh, go right ahead. Yeah, cool. no doubt. So, so Danny, you and I uh, worked just briefly together on, on, on a video, and I know you're really, really strong on the, on the video front. You've, you've got a couple YouTube videos out. Uh, beginner's Guide to Bass Fishing, and, and then also uh, Bass Management. But talk to us a little bit about that Beginner's Guide to Bass Fishing because I, I think anybody that's interested in this, again, you need a rod and a lure, and you can go stand on a lot of different lakes and go get this done. What are they going to see if they pop onto YouTube, and how do they find your Beginner's Guide to Bass Fishing? Yeah, so check out our – we're going to have a Bass Week playlist on our YouTube channel. And these uh, everything that I've done over the last 10 years is also on our Fish Washington uh, playlist. We've done a lot of different how-to videos from walleye to whitefish to burbot, everything in between, and, and trout, of course. Um, but, you know, a video I made last year is called Buying and Rigging Bass Tackle, where I just walk in a sportsman's warehouse, and uh, I pick up a pack of hooks and some sinkers, and I go through how to rig a Senko, how to rig a drop shot worm, and how to rig a Texas rig soft plastic. You know, there's a lot of hard baits you can buy. Uh, it's just, it can be overwhelming for the beginner, but the truth is, you know, with an offset hook and a sliding weight and a little creature bait, you can do a lot of damage out there. And it just doesn't take but just a few baits and, and uh, a medium uh, heavy rod to, to get started. So I think that's a good video. It's called Buying and Rigging Bass Tackle. And, of course, as I find time, I, I'm hoping to do more of these videos where I can help educate the beginners on, on how to get started because it's, it's a bit overwhelming when you go in the store oh, and man. see walls and walls and can, doors. Can you imagine not having fished before? And you walk into a tackle store. Yeah. Okay. It's like you know, bass is the gateway fish. You're, you're you know, you're gonna you're gonna get in, you're gonna get a bite, and you're gonna be as hard as hooked as a bass. And that's why I love this. You know, yeah. this is a great way to get kids addicted to yeah. the to what we love. Well, you know, being out on the water and, and catching fish and experiencing what you know Washington has to offer for on the fishing front. There's so much to do. Um, and it's just a, like you said, it's a gateway drug, gateway fish, gateway fish. He's Dr. Danny, the lead warm water fisheries biologist in your region one. Uh, look forward to running into him this week, man. I'm glad you're coming over here for that. Uh, give, you know, give us a shout when you get on this, uh, this side of the hump and, and, and let's, let's conspire against some area nine Chinook as well this week, Danny. That sounds great. I'll look for you, and thanks so much for having me on, guys. Hi, right, really appreciate it. Thanks for jumping on, buddy. we we'll talk to you soon. Once again, it's mywdfw.com slash Bass Week. He was Dr. Danny Garrett.
And uh, go check it out. He's got a lot of cool stuff going on there, too. And, and again, it's an opportunity that, that crosses the state. And it's kind of, you know, I mean, 50 states of these United States you can find bass in. Uh, and, 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 I mean, that's, they, this is a species that catch the eyes of the, of the, of the entire nation. We're, we're just kind of the weirdos up here that, you know, have, have our salmon in the Great Lakes and, you know, Alaska yeah, but and whatnot. But, more, uh, more and more, I, you know, when I'm in these shops like John's or Three Rivers and I'm seeing way more bass stuff, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's so popular and, and, uh, I get it, you know, I just, it's an, it's one of those things where I'm like, do I go down that road? You I just, know? I just can't launch the Duckworth at most of those lake no, ramps. You can't. So it's, I mean, it's, it's a tough one for me. All right. We're going to pop out of here for a quick break. Coming at you next with the Raymarine Picks of the Week for the ninth. It's, it's Sophie's birthday. It's my daughter's birthday today. Oh, it is. Happy birthday, Happy Sophie. birthday, Sophie. All right. Well, we will, uh, we'll be right back here. Raymarine Picks of the Week here in the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports App. Welcome to the Outdoor Line Picks of the Week, presented by Ray Marine Electronics. Don't just go fishing, go hunting underwater. Ray Marine, simply superior. Head over to raymarine.com. You're going to find the latest and absolute greatest in marine multifunction displays. It's simply amazing what that Lighthouse 4 software does with regard to the integration of the Navionics Sonar Charts Live app. Every time you go over structure, your chart's improving, and you can only get it at Raymarine and raymarine.com. So, all right, Joey, picks of the week, man. I mean, there's, there's some obvious ones. There's some, uh, there's some not-so-obvious ones, but uh, what's, what's top of mind for you, buddy? Um, well, well, let me think. Well, <laughs> let me think. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Area 9 is on my mind. Yeah. Um, How can it not and be? I, I think we're actually going to maybe scoot out there and just do a little Ray Marine hunting for fish underwater deal and see what's out there. We actually, we actually got to do that last year. We, we were doing a demo um, with, uh, with Mike Sertic, our Raymarine guy, and uh, it, was, it was shocking what we saw. Well, so, and, I, and, and yesterday, we're pulling crab gear, and here's a school of Chinook under us. Well, we had a, two massive Dude. bait balls yeah. kind of pushed up on the bar. Yeah, and birds, just birds all over it. Arches yeah. all over the place under the boat. I mean, it was impressive. But I, I think for a lot of guys, you know, if you haven't been out on the water yet this year, take a little boat ride, you know, on the 12th or the 13th and get out there and see what you can find. We're going to be dealing with huge tides. So you kind of got to keep that in mind. So you, you kind of have to have a game plan going into this opener. Without question. And, and, and so and we just, had a, we just had a question on the text toy here too. Hey, guys, can you talk a little bit about what constitutes a good tide set? And, and that's... That's that's a great question, and and so we have an absolute toilet bowl flush of a tide, which we're going to talk about. It's like a fourteen and a half foot exchange, yeah. Right, it goes from like water a moving. ten and a half to a minus three and a half. Now, immediately, what that says to me is, look, if you depending on where you launched, that's going to be there's going to be some issues getting your boat back on a trailer if you go. So so make sure you plan accordingly, dude. Either either come, you sh- everybody should be coming back kind of on the flood part of this. But but here's the deal. We got a high tide at like 0400 on the opener, right? And then, and, and then your, your, your low tide's going to be just about at high noon. So that big water exchange doesn't get where it needs to go without having obscene current velocities. So think about that. Mm-hmm. So some places that you would normally expect to fish are going to have very, very short windows around that tide change. And, and by daylight, that current's going to be ripping. 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 Okay. Most of the exchange in a tide set 
you know, if, if, if in your mind's eye, if you can think about the hump of, of a high tide as a mountain, when you get a quarter of the way down the mountain, okay, between the quarter and three-quarter point is where most of that water gets exchanged, right? So think about that. If you're going to move, if you're going to go look someplace else, try to move during the peak of that current, and but be somewhere you want to know. And that goes back to your point of a game plan, Joey, when that current slows down. Because when the current slows down, the little critters kind of come out of the rock, the sandlands come out of the rock, and the, and, and the Chinook are going to be around them. And they should be hungry because with oh, all that yeah. water moving, the bait's going to get pushed down. The, the sand lance are yep. just going to stay tucked in. Yeah, there's, They're not coming out no. until that thing slows down. Um, I like water movement, obviously, but this is, this is a lot, you know, especially it is. for our opener. So, so uh, my friend Eric Laney down at Bowie 10, he, he refers to the more mild set of tides as carryover tides. Which means you know you're gonna you're you're gonna not have as much water moving, and so you have more time to fish because you have less current velocities, right? So you could, well, most people these days get their tide information from an app, as you and I do. We were constantly looking at the Navionics app, and and getting our information on that. The problem with that is if you don't look occasionally at a traditional tide calendar or bring one up, you don't you don't really see and understand how that tide set changes through the month. And it's important to understand that because we move from spring tides, which is what we're going to experience this week, to more neap or cultus tides, which means there's a lot less water being exchanged. So, so I would say, what's the ultimate set of tides? Look at the extreme set and look at the less, the neap set. Look at the spring and right in between, in them, the right? middle, in the middle, are, are and and it, and it depends on where you fish too. So, and the closer you are to structure, the more important paying attention to current velocities it is right. So maybe. And, and and structure is not just the land, but it's also the underwater topography as well. Yes. So so even though you're away from the land, like say you're fishing the south end of Possession Bar, for instance, you, you're, you're going to have a, an amazing upwelling, okay? So if you look at the very middle of Possession Bar, there's that, that hollow in the middle of it that kind of mimics Cultus Bay on Whidbey Island. And it's almost a ramp, okay? And, and, and when you get a, get a big ebb, Water comes up that ramp, and cold, nutrient-rich water comes to the surface, and it amounts to a localized upwelling. That's why you. That's why that fish, that place, fishes so well. Pins that bait against that shelf, right? So, but there's going to be, you know, like I said, amazing current velocity. So you you're not going to necessarily need to be right on the spot, right? You there's you there's you're just going to have to go find 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 fish. Find beer, think, find birds. You're going to find the fish. Too. Think about those areas where the bait is going to get pushed and all with all that yeah. water movement, yeah. you know, and then, and, and then try to focus on those spots, big breaks off yep. of a point and, and that bait will pile up inside. Um, and so the bait's going to get concentrated. It is, it is. But, but areas of reduced current flow, for instance, Brown's Bay, mm-hmm. usually thought of as a, uh, a coho spot. That's kind of going to be out of this flow. And, and re- remember that salmonids migrate until something geologic redirects them, generally, right? And that's, what, that's why Nia Bay fishes the way it does. It's, you know, it's why, it's, it's also, if you think about those fish coming in Admiralty Inlet and their, their, fir- their first encounter of the mainland is what? Browns Bay. Mm-hmm. So think about that because there, there's going to be less current flow in that area and there's usually some bait in there. It's a great shrimping spot. So you don't think it's going to hold kings? Absolutely it is. The, 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 the spot between... Um, Pilot Point and even Eglon and No Point. Absolutely, I would stay away from No Point. Yep. Except on the tide change and maybe work those shoreline yeah. areas. Yeah, for right? sure. All that stuff. And and but here that there's so doggone many Chinook out there 
there's going to be a lot of right answers. And that's what I'm hoping guys will encounter on that opener. Yeah, the guys fishing down in uh, Area 10 for the resident coho, they're seeing lots of oh, Chinook. Dude. Lots of Chinook down in, you know. They're all fishing up in that upper 20 to 40 foot. But they're, they're seeing those fish down there, and there are a lot of them. And it, so I think even though we have these big tides, it does, big tides don't mean fishing is going to be bad. It they just don't. means you got to kind of adjust your game plan. True. And But I think there's so many Chinook around, it's, it's going to be good. So yeah. I'm wondering if we have somebody on the water right now. Could there, could there possibly be somebody on the water in, in, in Marine Area 11? Do we know, Do we somebody, know somebody that's on the water? I don't know. If we did, I'd like to like like have a jig expert or a gear expert. Maybe somebody like Bob Buchanan, a Bomac tackle. Maybe Bubba himself. Are are you there, oh, Bob Buchanan? Good are, morning, gentlemen. You, are you, morning, are, you are, are, are your arms tired? <laughs> you sound like you just ran a marathon. No. Are you okay? Been fighting you, Chinook you, all morning. What do you? What's the matter, man? No, I I, I did the old bull technique. <laughs> I walked down the hill into the boat <laughs> and I cut it out here. <laughs> I am staring at 175 probably boats half of last weekend, and I've got my eyes beaded on Mr. Justin Wong's three boats, the Yawasas, the Gabe Miller. All the the regular characters. Area 11 royalty right there. I got news for you. If you see any one of those three guys down in Area 11, you're in the right spot. So so what's uh, what's the Raymarine all lit up on this morning, buddy? I am, uh, for all those folks in there working the usual line, I am sitting out here in 330 feet of water out of everyone's hair, not fishing. I am sitting over a wall of bait for the last 40 minutes between 200 and 100 feet, and I am in 330 feet of water. There is dogfish below it and (laughs) Chinook above it. So if you hear me, get out here because there's one boat out here with me He's had the net out twice and put it away and didn't get either of the fish in the boat. So So they're out out here, but they're waiting for things to go off in there. And the next hour, uh, the bite's going to go on in there. And uh, so it's going to be good this morning again, too. When's your your tide change down there this morning, Bub? I believe it's, you know, I didn't even look. It's going to probably be somewhere around 90, I would guess, somewhere yeah. there. And, and right after that change, it seems like things have taken off a little bit. Oh, there's a net <laughs> being rinsed off. <laughs> so so, so uh, it, it, it's an impressive sight. Tom, last weekend, I've been with you up to mid-channel, and I've asked you, is this, is this a good load of boats? And you say, yeah, this is a good load of boats. I fished. Uh, 13 last weekend, and when I came around the corner into nine up the Claybanks, I saw a wall of boats that I had never seen in my life. Imagine a busy day at mid-channel, but you channel all those boats into a 50-yard trolling swath that lasted two miles. Jeez. And it was solid. As a jigger, you don't dare go in there and drop a line. You're <laughs> Just get, get a run over. Blasted. Oh, so it's amazing. It, it, salmon fishing is alive and well in Puget Sound, man. There's no question about it. So oh. last last night, uh, WDFW sent out um, the latest uh, hatchery, excuse me, the latest catch estimates, and, and we're looking at thirty to forty percent, depending on you know where Fram has us at uh, at, at three thousand fish down there, and and so we're over a thousand 
fish caught right now? Catch rates have dropped a little bit. What's your expectation with regard to the longevity of this Marine Area 11 fishery in the South Sound, Bob Buchanan, Bo Mac Tackle? I, I think at some point here in the near future, maybe even next week, it's probably time to um, to save a little bit for August. There's okay. a lot of stuff coming up in August, and there's a lot of vacation times coming in August, and we would all love to get out there. But if it stays open and the pressure's like this, it, it's going to go really quick. Now, and- yesterday, I will say, I did not see as many fish caught by the trollers, but the jiggers had a heyday yesterday. Gotcha. So, and, and I should I should state that this is the, the harvest estimate that was issued last night was only through Independence Day. It was only four days of fishing. So it looks like 30% right. of that quota was taken in four days. And now Jeez. today is, yeah. So now today's the ninth. And uh, so, yeah, if we're halfway through that quota, you know, there's a, and there's a lot of, lot more bigger fish coming down there. So maybe we're looking we're looking realistically at having a pause sometime in Marine Area Eleven coming up. Is that 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 fair? Well, we, I I, I would I would not be a bit surprised to see a pause after today. Gotcha. Uh, to, to to get this thing stretched out a bit. I mean, you we've got other areas as you well know. Those poor guys up at seven are going to get a get out there and wet their lines this next week coming up. Um, that that's going to spread some of this pressure out and uh we can take a pause here and then fire back up afterwards but when we fire back up uh everyone's going to be right back down here so it is going to be probably short-lived again once it does open up gotcha again gotcha all right i i expect to see a, a fish that barely fits in your net in a picture on my phone shortly because you know there there is and i see an opening in there at about 140 <laughs> feet that i'm gonna shoehorn into <laughs> really quick all right get on in there bob buchanan thank you for your time this morning we'll talk to you soon my friend thanks for checking in good luck have a great day guys later all right buddy well we're coming at you live live today from the number three riversmarine.com studio and into the studio comes the category manager for three rivers marine none other than reinhold shook what i found him out in the parking lot did you really i did You just camped out there what were you doing so uh yeah that uh Anyway, we're you're on the red button. There we go. Okay. There we go. Reinhold. First timer. That's all right. That's okay. Good morning. Gentlemen. Good morning. Guys. That, that's not even your fault. Yeah, that was that was absolutely a technological glitch. It's never right my there. fault. That's no. why I'm category manager. So how you doing, man? That's <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear it, dude. So uh, you know, and, and uh, you're here to kind of help us announce a new partnership between uh, the Outdoor Line and Three Rivers Marine and. Of course, we've been working together, you know, unofficially for a number of years. You know, you and I have done demos before and fished together before and a whole bit. So Lots of boat shows, lots of boat shows. Lots of boat shows and, and, and lots of Duckworths and lots of Yamahas and lots of Raymarine gear, too. So so tell you what, uh, we're going to take a quick break, pop out, and and, and, and we're going to dig on into this. Because there's a couple things you need to be aware of if you're uh, if you're hanging out and, and want to swing by Three Rivers Marine. We're going to have a couple giveaways today as well. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back here in the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app.